Welcome to Hit Subscribe, a podcast by Recharge designed to educate, inspire, and connect the subscription commerce space. This episode is guest hosted by Recharge's Senior Content Marketing Manager, Callie Holly. We're delighted to be talking to Bunny and Taryn Gatrora, co-founders of Bloom. We chat with Bunny and Taryn about the origins of Bloom, how they've grown their brand, and the importance of destigmatizing women's health and personal care products for young girls going through puberty and beyond. We also learn how they give back to their community with education, charitable donations, and collaboration with their most engaged customers. So let's get started. Welcome, Bunny and Taryn from Bloom. It's so nice to have you both on the podcast. So nice to be here. Thanks so much for having us. Excited for this talk. Oh, me too. So why don't we go ahead and have the two of you go ahead and introduce yourselves. Um, Bunny, let's start with you. Sure. So my name is Bunny. I'm one of the co-founders of Bloom, um, based in Vancouver, BC. Um, and I kind of manage all of the like op, shipping, product related side of things, um, as well as our wholesale partners. And I'm Taryn, and I manage a lot of the marketing, fundraising, hiring. Um, so I guess like the more like forward facing side of things and Bunny does a lot of the operations. And uh, I feel like we, <laughs> over this pandemic, have had so much crossover in our roles and then we work on product together. So we have like a ton of product meetings weekly and that's something that I feel like we both have a, a good hand in. Fantastic. So you had mentioned uh, when we talked before that you were sisters. So tell me about how Bloom sort of came to be, how you grew this brand, and then where it is today. So we launched Bloom in June of 2018, officially. Um, before that, we were running um, a different business that was very similar. It had the same mission and the same why. Um, but that business, uh, we actually started in 2016 part-time as students, and it was just organic period products. And then from there, we just had learned so much about like our community and um, our space. And I guess we're just inspired to create a brand that um, served a point in time, that point in time being puberty, uh, because our community had told us when we surveyed them that 60% of women could pinpoint that their self-esteem plummeted as they went through puberty. And obviously that's like a really disheartening statistic to hear. And it was one that we resonated with, um, just finding out that the, the ages of nine and 12 are when most girls actually drop out of STEM fields and sports. And that for me was an experience that I kind of had. Um, I feel like getting my period, getting acne, I just was like, oh, I don't know if I can wear my white like kickboxing uniform anymore. And just thinking about things where no one's really talking to you about it. Of course, you know, my mom was, but at the same time, it was also like, something that was pretty taboo that I didn't really feel like I could speak about openly. So um, really we're inspired by our community, but resonated with it ourselves because we had experienced it. So that led us to creating Bloom, which is the version um, of our company that you see today, which has the organic pads and tampons, but we also make um, natural acne treatment. We make natural deodorant. We make um, basically all the products that we feel like you need as you go through puberty and beyond. And what's been really amazing is that the products have resonated not only with like teens, parents buying for teens, but also millennials and really people of all ages. That's amazing. And we'll definitely dive into that a little bit more um, when we talk a bit deeper into this whole journey that you're talking about. Um, and, you know, I have personal experience as well, being a woman who hit puberty and it is I think for most women, the most awkward time of their lives. So I'm really excited to chat with you about that. Um, and then the last thing, just quickly, you know, we went through this 
life change altogether dealing with this pandemic that was unprecedented. Um, how did Bloom fare? Did you guys do okay? Um, and what were some of the challenges that you maybe faced during the pandemic? I mean, I think this is just such a hard time for everybody. Um, and like one thing that was really important to us is of course, like showing up, you know, for, for the business itself, but also showing up for the people. And for us, that's our team and our community. And so we are really, really grateful that, you know, we've been able to make it now to the other side as things start opening up. And, you know, that comes along with its own challenges. And there's like global shipping delays and a shortage of like all supplies. So that's like a whole other thing that we're dealing with right now, but kind of throughout, you know, where it was really like the lockdown and it was still super uncertain of how long this was going to be for what this was going to look like, even a lot of like the information about the actual, um, like sickness itself was still kind of coming to light. And it was, it was just a really scary time for so many people. And so we really pivoted Bloom at that time um, to focusing on our community and um, our team. And so some of the things that we did was a PPE fundraiser for our local hospitals where our suppliers um, overseas, once they had started opening up, were able to ship um, KN95 masks that we were then able to supply to our hospitals. Um, we were doing a lot of things digitally already, which I think um, played a big part in how come we were able to make it out to the other side. But we did things like Meditation Mondays on our Instagrams, which we had actually started pre-pandemic, but became super popular during the pandemic. We did IG lives with our communities. Um, we had like a paint and an artist come in um, and host an evening with our followers. We did coloring pages, just a lot of the things to help people really take those moments for self-care while they were at home and find ways to really reflect and spend quality time with themselves um, while there was, you know, all this kind of stress and anxiety going on outside. And so I think in some cases, um, a lot of folks did take the time to you know, take better care of their skin, drink more water, hydrate more, um, and do the little things kind of each and every day that just made themselves feel good. And, you know, kind of the four walls of their home or wherever it was that they were living at the time. And so that was really our approach. And I think the first, you know, four to six months of the pandemic, it really was just focusing on, you know, less of selling our products and more of just providing our community with value during that time. And then also being there for our team and allowing them to um, have the time and space that they needed as they, you know, shifted to working from home and everybody's situation, of course, looks different and trying to figure out a desk and a chair that doesn't make your, you know, neck and back hurt every single day. And so that's really, you know, where we spent, um, the core of our time and then as we went into holiday and things started opening up it was really just around gifting and allowing people to still um show up for their friends and family in ways that um they could even if they couldn't be together that's amazing so it's really i mean taking this like mind body approach to supporting your customers and your staff kind of no matter what the situation which is i mean says so much about the mission that you talked about and have on your website um, and really just supporting this whole group of people. It's pretty incredible. So on that note, um, when we spoke before, we talked a lot about journey mapping. So I'd love for the two of you to talk a little bit about that and talk about this journey that this community of customers that you have is going through and how you really start to figure out where the specific points within that journey are. Yeah, I think when we first started, we really thought that bloom would be for a specific moment in time and that people like I guess would be buying bloom when they first started using personal care products and um, were introduced to them because of the simplicity and effectiveness of our products like they're not um, complicated there aren't very harsh actives really our products were formulated from the start for both sensitive skin um, and skin barrier protection and really just like having um, gentle ingredients like we don't we don't have irritating ingredients in bloom's products and so i think 
it, they're really formulated for people with acne prone skin or teens getting their their first periods and things like that. So um, because that was kind of how we formulated the products, we did uh, like, I guess, like assume that it would be for this life stage. But what we found happened is that people were really interested in buying the products at all ages. And then like myself, I'm like almost 30. And I think a lot of people my age would say like, I wish I had these products when I was growing up, but then they would be excited to use them now. So I think in terms of mapping out the journey, it's a little bit tricky to pinpoint like a certain inflection point or point in time. Um, Although we did think about the fact that, you know, we didn't want people to adopt the products in their teens and then feel like they no longer resonated with them and, you know, aged out. So we did actually do um, like focus groups before we launched um, with all different age groups and we showed them the branding, the packaging, the messaging and a few different directions. And um, I guess like what ended up happening is the the direction that we launched with is the one that resonated with the widest group groups of people. And so I think to answer your question, we say the products are for puberty and beyond, and that's because we really feel like if you do get them as your first personal care products, you can really grow up with Bloom, but also the products are effective for people of all ages. I love that. And as you mentioned earlier, millennials, um, so I am just a little bit older than you, just turned 33. And so, you know, same thing, like there's so many changes that continue to happen, you know, as we go from puberty and then we enter you know, our twenties and then we go into like childbearing age and then the eventually menopause. Like there's so many changes that happen. I remember when I hit puberty, my mom like gave me this book and she's like, okay, this is all the things you need to know. And like skincare at the time was not super popular. And if it was, it was basically just like, you know, big name brands that were being advertised to us on MTV. Um, and so it's really interesting that that's an approach that you took. So you know, how do you support young girls during that transitional time? I, I, you know, I know on your website, you have a lot of education, you have a lot of flaws, you have all these things that kind of help support in other ways. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's so funny you say that because with the skincare side of things, I felt that way too, where it's like you would use St. Ives apricot scrub and it would just tear your skin. And then I would always be like over drying my skin because I would just wash it all the, like wash my face all the time until finally my cousin, who's a makeup artist, at some point she was like, you need to hydrate your skin. Like that's how you get rid of acne. I was like, oh my gosh, it was a game changer. Um, and then I discovered like meltdown or acne treatment, which is an oil, which is usually counterintuitive. But ever since then, like I haven't had all the skin issues. So it's like just the wrong information, but yeah, I'll let Bunny, um, talk a little bit about like the sex ed and some of the initiatives we're doing around um, puberty. I love this question because I think the thing that I learned probably more so once we started doing all the education around growing up is that there's still so much that as we go into our 20s and 30s we don't actually know and maybe we didn't learn properly during our puberty years which is why um, we received so much feedback that or, or one of the biggest pieces of feedback that we receive is I wish I had this as I was growing up because I learned so much from the content that you put out and like even for myself you know we had done so much research prior but I was I'm still learning something new every single day when it comes to my body and puberty and sex ed and all these things that like we we never I guess had the opportunity to learn growing up and you know our bodies change so much as we continue to get older as well um, and so the core things that we really focus on is one 
um, the sex ed. So we actually did a fully comprehensive sex ed curriculum that we launched um, that was free for teachers or parents to download um, and really just go through each kind of section of sex ed. Um, and so it actually followed the school curriculums that you know should be taught and could be taught. And in, in many cases, they aren't often taught. Um, in Canada, one of our provinces um, actually teaches abstinence-only sex ed, and they have the highest rate of STIs um, in Canada. And so there is like a really clear um, connection between, you know, what we're taught and then our bodies and our health. Um, and, you know, we strongly believe that that also leads to self-esteem where if we understand, you know, what's happening to our bodies, we feel more confident, you know, going into the doctor and saying, I think something's wrong. And, you know, I want to get X things checked out um, versus I think the shame and stigma that often follows things related to sex ed can, you know, then lead to, you know, further issues where you're too nervous or too uncomfortable to then talk to a trusted adult in your life um, for help. And I think that goes on, you know, not just through our puberty, but that continues on as we get older. And I think um, that's something that is just so core to us. So we do have um, a fully comprehensive sex ed curriculum, which is still available to download. Um, we also launched conversation cards, which include um, a lot of the things related to body science and sex ed, but also include, um, it goes a little bit deeper and talks a little bit about mindfulness and self-esteem and, and having the conversations that really open up um, a dialogue between things that are often stigmatized and shamed as well. Um, and those are available to purchase on our website. Um, additionally, we have, you know, blog content, and then we try to do as much education on our Instagram as we can, you know, everything from, um, kind of mindfulness and, and meditation and the things that you know kind of make you feel good on the inside as well as actual um like the science behind your bodies and how they're changing and then of course like how your period works how it ties into all the other things that happen in your life and um and then going a little bit deeper on you know what type of acne you're experiencing and maybe what's causing it or what are some things that you can do outside of products um that can really help you heal from the inside out so just so much more than product, which is just like so incredible to invest the time and energy in this education and making your customers feel kind of welcome that, you know, it is a taboo subject for so many people. And some people don't have parents who are supportive of having those conversations. So to be able to provide it um, is pretty incredible as a young woman. I mean, I'm like, oh. um, so let's talk a little bit about product though. So we talked about all of the things that are more than product and all of this education but you did mention a lot about product development earlier. So how are you developing products? What does that process look like? How are you receiving feedback? And then how do your kind of releases go? So we have co-created our original launch products with our community. Um, so actually this goes back to the original startup where we had the pads and tampons because at that time um, we surveyed people on what they wanted to see. So I'm gonna use like our, I'll use our deodorant as an example. Um, but obviously there's lots of natural deodorants on the market. And at the time when we were um, talking to our community, they had said that um, they wanted a natural deodorant free of you know, certain ingredients, but they also wanted it to be unscented, which um, surprisingly is really hard to find once we started to like do our research, especially for ones that were effective because a lot of the bigger name ones out there um, were scented and didn't have like an unscented um, version. So we set out to create that and we created a um, probiotic unscented natural deodorant. Same with our acne treatment where um, our community was looking for an alternative that didn't have salicylic acid or benzoyl peroxide. It didn't make their skin peel or bleach their pillowcase. I think like all of us have done the like toothpaste on the acne thing. Um, 
and just most over-the-counter acne treatments are, are pretty drying. And so using an oil feels pretty counterintuitive, but um, it's antibacterial, anti-inflammatory. So really just filling white spaces. And then with like all of these new product launches that are upcoming, we have quite a few this year that we're launching. Um, we use like an iterative feedback loop with our community where um, we ask them through email and Instagram what products they want to see from us next. Um, we kind of prioritize that into a product launch pipeline and then we create briefs. Um, we ask for our community's input on those briefs. So like scent, texture, um, we have something called Bloom Labs where we have some of our like closest, most tight-knit uh, community members are able to test samples and give feedback. And then once the labs send us the samples and we usually get multiple samples per product from a lab, we then go through those to find the best ones. And then it doesn't end there. Um, after we like kind of <laughs> figure out which labs have the best versions of the product we're trying to create, we then like iterate back and forth with them sometimes up to like 20 or 30 times to get the formula perfect. Um, and then we, we do have community input from there on out from everything from the naming to what the packaging looks like. So one example I can give because it's launching very soon is um, clay masks, I feel like are just something that's like a staple and very timeless. But a lot of our community with COVID and everything has expressed that they don't like having like a jar or a scoop because it feels unsanitary. So they've asked for having like a clay mask in a tube. So that's something different. I've never myself like bought a clay mask in a tube um, but it's nice because yeah it's just kind of what people want during this time and so we're super super excited to have our spin on, on a classic and there's just so many other exciting things about the clay mask that I can't share yet but we're just excited because it, it fills a lot of white spaces and is products that like we genuinely feel like are different than what's out there and that's what's been really important to us. I'm going to have to get a tube of that. Um, I love a clay mask but same thing you know you don't want to dip your hand into this jar that you keep using over and over again. Um, so, you know, once you do all of this, you, you talk about this tight knit community and you have all of this product development and all of this education. Do you find that there's a natural exit for your customers? Like as they sort of have phased out, maybe aged out of using bloom or, or found a way that essentially, do you find that there's a natural exit that they tend to gravitate toward? I think that's one thing that we think about a lot and intentionally we create our products to be something or bloom as a brand to be something that actually grows up with you and what we're seeing instead of people phasing out or you know turning a certain age and stopping using the products is that there actually tends to be like a lateral up and down movement of how folks are using the products at their own home so often we'll have um, maybe a mother of a teen say I bought this for my daughter um, she was using it and loving it I tried some out and now I'm hooked and I'm using it every single day we've had uh, like a grandmother a mother and a daughter all using our natural deodorant um, they tend to be products that actually I think acne is a great example where we have this myth that acne exists while we go through puberty and then you grow up and it doesn't exist anymore. And that's like totally not the case. And then all these other life changes that we experience, um, you know, pregnancy acne or hormonal acne is a big thing. Or again, with pregnancy, uh, many women decide to switch to a natural deodorant. Um, and so our products actually work for women and men of all ages. Um, and we're seeing that movement kind of within households and within friend groups where one person will start using the product and because they're so effective and they work so great and our packaging is very neutral. Um, it's not super age specific. While we focus on education, again, it does come to being useful for people of all ages. And so 
we're actually seeing that um, many times when the product enters a household, it actually ends up um, being used by multiple people and multiple ages of the household versus being something that you just use for a certain amount of time and then you kind of grow out of it and graduate onto something more. Um, and that's one thing that's super exciting to us as well as the fact that our products are all so gentle and effective. So for many folks who have sensitive skin or um, are, are looking to use kind of alternatives to maybe some of the acids and things that are out there, we use many plant enzymes or oils um, to nourish and hydrate your skin while still bringing uh, activated properties into um, into your skin and, and that's kind of how our meltdown works or how um, the probiotics in our deodorant work and so um, we are very intentional about those products and um, while there is you know potentially folks who um, do see bloom very much as a teen brand it, it really does work for all ages that's fantastic it's like this like mini microcosm of influencers kind of within a within a family unit which is pretty incredible um, so let's kind of fast forward, you know, what's next on the horizon for Bloom? Where do you see yourselves going? Where do you see the company sort of going throughout the rest of 2021 and then beyond? Yeah, so this past year, we actually focused a ton on operations and, you know, just the margins and prepping for scaling more than we have in the past. Since we're a three-year-old three startup, it kind of felt like this pandemic year was a good year to do that. Um, and then we also worked on a ton of new formulas. So I guess the biggest things that are upcoming are the new launches. And then also a new focus on retail because um, for the first two years, we were primarily D2C and we've expanded to omni-channel and it's super exciting with the world opening back up to be able to have our customers be able to find us on shelves. So we're in um, 550 Ulta doors right now. Um, in July, we're launching in Sephora Canada doors. So it's actually really, really exciting and almost feels a little bit unbelievable because we never saw ourselves as a beauty brand um, when we first launched. But I think beauty, personal care and wellness have become so like intertwined over the past few years more so than I think they ever have been. And so it's exciting because our mission really is to bash taboos and stigmas. And now um, Sephora Canada carries our period products. Um, so does Ulta. And we're the first period brand to be in both of those large beauty retailers. So I think that's something that's really gratifying and really exciting. Um, but yeah, I, Bunny, is there anything you would add to that for what's upcoming? No, I think you covered everything. Um, really excited to launch these products because I think that they're gonna be super loved. Well, huge congratulations to both of you. That is, I mean, incredible to see like these well-known retailers carry products that are obviously so important. And I think, you know, breaking the stigma for your community base that you talked about has been a huge part of your success. It's all over your website and it just makes everything feel so welcoming for a subject matter that can be kind of embarrassing. Um, as a young woman going through all of these changes, it's, it's really nice to see support from other women that are like, yeah, you're cool. You got a place and a home here with us. So I'd like to close out with two questions. The first one is, um, what advice would you give other merchants who are kind of working with these communities of, of customers, or maybe they're not yet, and how you build that strong, loyal community base and sort of map their journey with them and let them sort of grow with your brand, like you were talking about, Bunny. Um, I think just talk to your customer. We were doing all of our own customer service for the first like year and a half. We were actually shipping like every package out ourselves. We, we knew many of our customers by name. We knew what they were going through because our products tend to be quite intimate. Um, folks do come to us with 
really opening up and being intimate to with us, um, knowing that we're a safe and trusted place. And, and that allowed us to learn so much about our customers. So we would know, you know, when she broke up with her boyfriend and moved and had to change her address or when um, maybe she was subscribed to her tampons and she needed to cancel because she was pregnant. And we're one of the first people that find out. So really understanding our customers and what they're going through and then learning more about how we can better support them through these life stages. And so those are the things that have helped us really shape our community and shape our products and really shape our journey and path forward, but only possible because we stay so close to our customer. Um, and I think that's, that is super key. And so um, always talk to your customers and just stay as close to them as you can throughout the entire journey. Actually, one thing I want to add to that is just if you're ever stuck, talk to customers, because if you're doing that, you can never go wrong and ultimately will take you where you need to go. So I definitely agree with that. And then I think the other piece of advice that I always give, just because it's helped me so much, is just surround yourself with other entrepreneurs. Um, I feel like, you know, it's not even just when you're getting advice, but it's really just that moral support, someone that understands your day-to-day, -day, things that you're going through. It's just nothing can really replace that, I feel. And it just keeps you going on this journey. Um, and it's just helped me so immensely. So I feel like that's my other piece of advice. Don't isolate yourself as a founder. Things can get really lonely and just, um, yeah, build that amazing support network. That's wonderful advice. Yeah. I mean, no one can know what you're going through, except if they've been through something similar, right? Um, and then the last question is a really fun one. We like to ask it for all of our podcast guests, but it is what products do you subscribe to today? So we'll start with you, Bunny, and then we'll go to Taryn. Um, Netflix, Spotify, Amazon Prime. Um, but in terms of other brands that I subscribe to, actually Aurora James has a really cool initiative called Something Special, um, where it's like curated gifts um, from vendors internationally and she launched it during the pandemic to support um, entrepreneurs um, in a couple places in Kenya, as well as um, a few cities in Mexico. Um, and so I receive that every month, um, which is uh, the only thing I'm subscribed to right now, but I love getting it. We're sisters, so I guess we're quite similar because I actually have the same, my only subscription I think is something special. And then, yeah, Spotify, I use Bunny's Netflix, or no, maybe I use my brother's Netflix account. Um, and an Audible, I, I use Audible, although I'm like usually reading books, but I have it just in case. So yeah, those are my only subscriptions. And then of course, um, I do get some Bloom products through Recharge um, on subscription, like Meltdown and my period products. That is wonderful. I'm going to have to look at Bloom for myself because it just looks so amazing. And this conversation was so fun. So I want to thank you both so much for joining us on Hit Subscribe today. It was a wonderful chance to meet both of you. And your story is really incredible. Um, and just on behalf of being a woman in a community with pr needing products like this, just thank you for having a safe space for all of us to come and learn more about all the things that we maybe didn't learn properly as young women. So thank you very much for coming and joining us on our podcast today. Thanks, Callie, for taking the time. It was so good chatting with you. Thank you so much for having us. We want to thank Bunny and Taryn once again for joining us. If you're interested in Bloom, you can head over to bloom.com. If you're looking for more of our episodes, check us out at rechargepayments.com slash hit subscribe. And to get the latest episodes, remember to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening from.